Hey, today's daf is daf nun aleph. <clears throat> and yesterday we started, towards the end of the shoe, we started looking at the malach of tolash. Uh, oh no, tolash, it's gozes. And the question was, if someone's tolash, are they chayev or not? So, Amar Rabbi Yaakov bar Acha, Rav Shlakish Kedaite. Rishlakish, according to opinion, for a call, we said yesterday that Rishlakish says if you tolish for kodshim, if you pluck some hair from a kodshim, you're not chayim mishum gozes shearing a korba. So he says, um, why? Because we say that's a machloket, because Rabbi, that what? The hatolish for kodshim biyochanat says it's chayim, Rabbi Shlakish says it's patol. Okay. So Rabbi Yirin bai machlapa shitatay to Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. He said, he was a, he felt that it, we've got the shit switched the wrong way around. Meaning it should be Reb Reshlakish is Mechayev, not Potter. Why? Because we see elsewhere the Talgun Hatolesh Knaf Beof Hamorta Vakot Mechay Mishum Shalosh. If someone plucks the feathers from a from a like a, a chicken or a duck or whatever it is, they pluck a feather from a bird. Then what does he do? This is Beof and Hamorta. That's when you start pulling away the feathers from the the base of it, right? From the like the thick part of the feather. And the final thing is, Bahar, um, so that's, uh, one second. Uh, yes, I told, so, uh, that's when you actually start cutting it. Now, Reb Chaim says that's referring to cutting up the little bits of the top. Okay, of the feather. Okay. Then you Chaim Mishram Shalosh. What are the three you Chaim for? Skip Reb Yossi. We're going to come back to him in a moment. So go down one line. Hatolesh Chaim Mishram Gozes. Someone who's plucking it out, that's Chaim Mishram Gozes. So see quite clearly that plucking a some hair or a feather is giza. So and that's and you'll see hamorta is chayev mishumochek. So when you're starting plucking away those feathers to smooth off the end of this feather, you're smoothing it off. That's mochek. That's like when they would smooth pluck off the hairs of this of the of the hide that was removed. That when you start cutting off the tips, that sounds like it's makavipatish because it's a final malacha. So that's a that's what it says. So. How do we understand this? So uh, go yeah, back. He says, here, he says he had to fill up the pillow. You use the feathers to that, fill right, up. That's why you're taking off the feathers. Correct. I didn't mention that. Rapine says that. That's why you're packing off the feathers. Okay. So the um, so go back a few lines. I'm Reb Yossi Barbon. Velo Pligin. It's actually not a machlokin. That's not sort of Reb Shemesh Lakish. Why? Velo Damia. So now go back to where we were. Velo Damia of Shein Lo Giza. Shein Lo Giza. Plishe Giza Ta. When you talk about a bird. We don't shear a bird. The act of shearing, like cutting the feather, cutting the hair, that applies to an animal. So therefore, for a bird where it's not that, if you want to make use of the feathers, like um, Rabbi Israel said, the way to do so is by plucking the feathers out. Well, then that's different. For a bird, we say, That for a bird, yes, being tolish is a malachar of gozes. But for an animal, it's not. Okay, But when it comes to an animal, like for, you know, behemoth, things like that, then it's, we said, it's only when to actually shear it and not plucking, that would be a shino. That's not the terech. Okay. You should see why that's true. Why? Because the tani, we also learn that talash min hamita chai, When talking about an animal that's dead, there we say, talash min hamita, from something that's dead, then you're chayev mishum tolash, uh, you're chayev, meaning, why? Because in that situation, people don't shear dead animals, they'll just simply pluck their hair out. Ah, so when it's the derech to do it in that fashion, when do we say zuhi gizata? Okay? That's by dead animal. Now, what's very important here, Reb Chaim makes a point, point. he says, Mishamin and Od, what we mashma from this sugya is what? Biyushalm, in this, in this Yushalmi, de gozez de chayev la mishum oker deval migidulohu. 
The fact that you're shying from gozel by plucking it from a dead animal is not because you're detaching it from that which it is growing and, and growing from, because the animal's already dead. Dim can bemeta, because if that was the case, then it would be, then a dead animal, you would be chayibishum tolashum shum gozes. Okay? Eli, it must be the kol giziza is chayibala. You know, there's, we seem to, maybe, maybe our perception of gozes is when you take something from that which it is growing, like hair from a head, maybe someone's nails, things like that. You know, that's where it's growing from. But the fact that Rishami talks about, brings this teaching that says, talash minamita yechayimishum gozes, means that even if it's not being detached from that which it's growing from, because the animal's dead. Right? And it's not growing from it anymore. So it must be anytime you're detaching something, you know, there's a much broader definition of what gozes is. Okay, let's continue. Hamalabno. Now, this is the next malach we're talking about is malabin, when they would clean it and whiten after they took, uh, they sheared the wool off. So, then the megafer. Now, megafer is the, they would use a, a gofrit, so sulfur, to, for cleaning or as a bleaching. If they did aal on manin nechablim analika, Reb Chaim says the omine begadim, that would be considered malabin because it's bleaching it. Hada itada the sharka apa or the sharka maalaza, meaning if she um, she she painted her face or sharka baalaza, Reb Chaim says maalaza here is tovet matveshalad, her spun thread. Okay, then these things are also considered. What's interesting is libun. Now you might think, one second, isn't it sovea? Isn't it dying? So again, another important Reb Chaim, he says, says, Why? Because what you're doing in this situation where, where she's sovea panea, or we said, or, or sharka, not sovea, it's sharka, um, apa, and sharka ma'alaza, he says, What they're doing is they're not putting a foreign color on to change the color they're tr- they're acting within it to bring out its natural color so what we learn from malabin is not just making things white but it's sort of cleaning it to bring out its natural color that's what sharka apan sharka ma'aloza wasn't a dying process we're talking about it's sort of like a it's a cleaning if you like right it was trying to bring out its natural color and bring out the natural color is actually libel okay not Melibon, Melibon is a good Pesach time. Melabel, let me say it properly. Okay, Melabel. Uh, fine. If a chayat, it is, um, it is a tailor, he puts a chut in his mouth. In other words, what he's doing is putting a thread in his mouth. And Rabchain says once again, to clean it. In other words, once they got a thread, they would actually not just, we think they lick it together to make it, so they can you know put it through the needle. He says what they would do is actually lick it and that would actually malabin it to give it a nice clean before then so. That would also be malabin. Rab Kahan, Veshem Rabbani, Dikisrin, Hamyanton, Chaimishum Malabin. What was Hamyanton? Hamyanton is that Rab Chaim says it's a begged Shmimin, it says Evan of some sort. She'enu mitkahetz elabor. You'd have to like really seem to be like with fire or some sort. Some, it, would, it would only be able to um uh it like get rid of wrinkles out of it. Ella Boors with some real fire assistance. Nami Achai Mishumalabin. That would also be Chai Mishumalabin as well. Again, I'm not really sure what Hamnyaton is. Uh this could be uh um, honest here. Okay, fine. Let's continue. Hamanafso. Now Manafso we said is up they would actually after their Malabin it would sort of they would comb out the fibers, if you like, from the wall. So Hendanafis Siv, Hutsa and Guma. So, or in other words, it doesn't have to just be from wool. It can be any sort of fibrous materials from different uh, different plants. 
Uh, Rechaim says these are min asavim that they would make chavalim from. Okay, there were type of other, you know, grasses and the like that they would actually um, make a, they would comb out and then spin together to make ropes. Okay, Hatsovia that was dying. Now this is really an important sugi. You'll see why in a moment. It says What type of dying was in the mishkan? Now what's the question? What do you mean? What dying was in the mishkan? Didn't we just say that you know it, they used it for uh, the dyes of making the making the uh, the, the curtains and the fabrics. So Reb Chaim says no. He says, he says, they, the fabrics and the threads were already pre-dyed them when they were donated. People were bringing tchelet. They were bringing argaman. They weren't bringing the dyes of tchelet argaman. They were bringing it ready to go. And it says, they'll bring spun tchelet threads. So in the construction of the Mishkan, where was the dying is the question. That's what it's asking. Where's the Tzviya? And it's interesting. Which answers your question previously, that the Tzviya itself didn't need to be Lishma. Now you ask about what about planting Lishma? Well, clearly if the Tzviya didn't need to be Lishma, this didn't need to be Lishma. And it's an interesting discussion. I saw this in the bottom of the art scroll. It, cro- it quotes the Shere Korban, is that they were, because, you know, practically, they, you know, where were they planting stuff to produce dyes? They bought it from Mitzrayim. And then we see the Emek Shela asks a question, but one second, it doesn't have to be Lishma. He's cholik on the, he's cholik on the, the Reb Chaim, it sounds like. And the answer is no. That remember we said that Yaakov brought the uh, cedars down. He brought all the material, and it not wasn't just the the wood from the crushed him he set up there. It sounded like he also brought other materials as well from the Mishkan. All preparation would, would be lishma. That's where Mikshela sort of answers the question. But it leads us to another question that, that might be nagging at you. And here, in the Askor brought the Panemosha to explain it. I thought it was a really very important point. He says, but one second, if we just said the planting, plowing, sowing, all these things were for production of dyes. And we're saying now that all the dyes were, you know, brought ready to go. So what's going on? And the understanding is, is that the malachot, that, that it's not necessarily the malachot were all performed in the construction of the Mishkan, that are the malachot on Shabbos, but all malachot that are necessary in the construction of the Mishkan. That's how we understand the 30 mile malachot. That's where Pene Yoshua explains it. And that answers a lot of problems. Because, you know, what they're, as I said to you, in their desert, they're plowing, they're planting. How, how did that happen? And how are they going to grow in time when they're building the Mishkan and everything? So it might just be that, no, maybe they practically they didn't. It could have been that they did, but maybe they didn't. And it's still not a kasha because these unnecessary processes, even if they weren't done at Mamash in the Midbar, for the construction of the Mishkan. Okay, and the questions of Lishma, that's, uh, as you see, it's a machlok at Arena Nachronim in terms of how much or what needs to be Lishma. Okay, that's sort of, like, that sort of answers your question. Anyway, we spent a bit more time on that because you raised the question and it's also really interesting. Okay, let's continue. So our que- back to the Gemara. Where was Tzoveya if everything was donated pre-died, ready to go? So the Gemara says, so we're talking about the rams, the, the, the hides from them. How did they make them reddened? It said, it sounds to be, seems to be what they would do. They would almost, meaning they would actually beat the animals. It would cause like a bruising. It would redden the, um, red, redden the, the hide before they would shecht it. That's how you get orot elim modamim. So Amar Yossi had So we see quite clearly then if someone bruises somebody, or bruises an animal, or something like that, then it'd be meaning the blood just collecting underneath the surface is a malacha, because that's what we just learned here. 
Okay? And it says, Now, Reb Chaim says, If he adds more red to a ready reddened area, like I think, I think the is referring to the lips here, like you pinch them or stuff to make it more red or something like that. That's also Mishum Tzavea. Okay? Um, which is interesting because it says, but he says, we, but one thing we saw before that a woman was Sharka Apa. She did stuff to her face. So, Verpaneha. We, and that was to bring out the natural color. We said that before that was Malaben, if you remember, because that was bringing out a natural color. And here it seems to be that if you're doing so to, uh, the lips, it seems to be that it's a, um, it's actually Sovea. If like there's a, if you start pinching at the lips to make it more red as a result of like a, bring the blood up to the top or something like that. But it says, it could be different parts of the face, different, uh, dinim. Fine, but let's. Uh, we'll. Pay, I guess we'll leave that for further study. Okay. However, what happens in Motzidan? What if someone causes someone to bleed? Then he's chayim shulam tila shema abotomakom. That causing someone to bleed—that's part of shochet. That's part of detail yeshama. Despite the fact the person's still alive, the drawing of blood itself is part of that malacha. Next, hatzar tsura harishon chayim mishum. So hatzar tsura harishon chayim mishum kotev asherim shum zaveh. Someone's trying to on the side of a beggar or a kli or something like that, where they were tried to um. Firstly, before they decorated it, they would do an outline, if you like, and the next person would come and color it in. Okay, so the first person who puts the form there, well, that's Kotev. He's done a, he's done an in, 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 indicative mark. He's sort of put it something there, and the next person who actually colors it and dyes it and changes it, well, that is going to be Tzovea. Now, Chiserba Ever or Avar Ubacher Gamra. If someone, if they were missing one little part, if you like, within this uh, tzura, then we say, and someone else comes and finishes that he's chayvishu makin apatish because he's done the final little bit as well. Okay. Next, hasochet mechabes So we talk about laundering. That's when you're washing clothes and then squeezing it out. So that is also mishum mishum mechabes. Okay. That's also laundering because that's part of the process. When you're dirty, you you, you hear the, the washing machines do it. They're not just trying to dry your clothes for you. Part of it is getting all the liquid, the dirty uh, water out of the garment is a part of the cleaning process. Okay? So that, in other words, squeezing out, so therefore squeezing out a garment itself would be part of the malacha of uh, laundering. Okay? I love it. So Tadar Rebbe Shmal Benosha Rebbe says, Amar Hatzavaim Shubushalayim The Dayan Yushalayim Hayu Osam Shita Malacha Bifnei They said actually it's an independent malacha. Meaning one malacha is when you're when you're um, scrubbing it and the like and putting it in water, when you squeeze it out, is itself a separate malach. So, what are you talking about? If you're adding a malacha, you're up to 40, not 39. And our mission didn't say in our Mishnah, oh, there's another shita that says it's actually 40. Or, you know, or didn't mention 40. But let it say that. So, no. In other words, the only thing the Mishnah mentioned is those malachot that there is no dispute regarding. Okay, which by the way, let least another question because if there's forty, what about all the drushes that brought it to thirty-nine malachas? But I don't know. Leave that for another question. Okay, Hainda about chavalim, someone who produces chavalim rope. Hainda aben mazor, chaimushum tove. Okay, the person who is like spinning at these ropes together, well, that's the malach of tove spinning. Hainda about kuntin nafa machzalin chaimushum mesach. If someone's producing, this is kuntin is sak like. Uh, sax, nafan is is a, a sieve, machzalan is machzalan as read maps. The chayv also mishum mesach. Now, if you recall, mesach is 
in the weaving process, when they'd first stretch across the uh, the, the warp threads, yeah, um, the shti threads but between the two bars, that's mesa, prior to doing the actual weaving of the weft threads, okay? So, in other words, when they're doing that, when they're constructing these things, as despite the fact that it's not on a loom, but they're producing the basket, these, um, what were they, they're, the basket sieves, as they're constructing in such a way before they're doing the weaving, so putting the, the equivalent, if you like, warp threads across in the, either a circular fashion, whichever way they're doing it, that's also Mishul Mesach. Okay, Hadith Arakad Mashatya Bukubia Mishul Mesach, which is as follows. So we've got, it says, Hai so this is a woman who's kind of mesh, so meshatya. Let me just get that for a second. Oh, I wonder what I'm doing. Okay, no, that was something else. Okay. Um, so here, when she when she's trying to make the, because she, Chaim says, so This is a woman who's going to do weaving. So when she puts across these warp threads, well, that's stretching across. That's mesach. That's okay. when she then. Now, I explained to you before the way it works in this weaving process. I'm sure I'll show you pictures. No, I might have it here. Do I have it here? Uh, I'll, I'll show it to you later, but I think I've shown it to you before. I think I've uh, described it before anyway. In the weaving process is that they would have like these these frames, if you like, in which they would uh, suspend these sort of circles or loops inside them. Okay? And there would be two frames. And the idea was is all these warp threads they would, every odd ones would be in one, and every even one would be in the other, and they would very quickly be able to alternate those two frames up and down, such that it would be very easy to do weaving. And that way, with all the odd, odd threads up and the, and the even threads are down, they could simply pass the shuttle that takes your wolf thread across all the way through, then alternate the other way and pass it all the way back. That way, you're not weaving up and down when you're doing the weaving, you're just passing it back and forwards. And um, you can see this, I mean, the, the, this principle of weaving still exists. Like you see machines like this and the thing goes, flies back and forwards and the thing, you know, still moves up and down. I'm actually not sure of modern ones, but I saw it in, when I was in Manchester in a museum there. They had like, because that's where the massive industrial house was for fabric manufacturing was. And they're still very proud of it still because that's where it originated. Oh, that's where it was. And they've got museums and you can see it and whatever. Um, There's a place in Spass that uh, does the Talesim and they use that. Okay, they use the old style, right? So, so I mean, yeah. So I got very excited when I think most people were quite bored. But anyway, um, let's continue. So, what's she done? So, when she loops it through those batinirin, they were, um, they were uh, that that's that's osim not osim batinirin. Okay, can so mikima lohun mishumbone when they when she puts the whole loom together, that's mishumbone, that's construction. Kan machia mishumoreg, which starts weaving back and forwards, well, that's oreg, that's weaving. Kan mekata benimaya mishumachatech, when she cuts off the all the loose threads, when she's finished, that's that's mechatech. Kan gamra malach mishumakabapatish. What's a gamra malach? I mean, when she takes it out, and she, after she's finished it, pulls off the loom and starts stretching it out nicely and, you know, gets it all finished because they sort of have to pull it a little bit here and there. That's finishing it. That's marking a patish. Okay. Hand of a kupin, someone who makes baskets. Kad safar mushum mesach. Kad machayet mushum tofer. Kaf, if he's kaf, he turns it over mushum bone. And kad mekata mushum chotef. And gamar malach mushum marking a patish. Now, this thing is very confusing for me. I'll be honest with you. I looked in the art scroll, but I don't think the Arab Chaim is explaining it. The art scroll explains it like the Rambam in Mesepta Kalim. That when they make the baskets, if you can imagine, um, you've got one big long thread. And you start at the bottom of the basket, you make a circle, keep circling, circling, circling until they're big enough. And then you start going around, circling, 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 circling all the way up. So he understands the way the Ask Girl explains it is, um, 
When it's safar, it's meisach. When you're simply going around in a circle fashion, that's already meisach, which is interesting because that's meisach is usually preparing the, the warp threads. Just one second. Can mechayet when you start sewing those as it's making the snell fashion when you sew it together so it doesn't come apart? That's tofer. That's sewing. Kaf when you start going upwards, you're making a kli. That's bone. Okay. Can makata when you cut it down the menchatech and garam lachamakapatish. The reason why I'm not so happy with that. Is, oh, no, no, not so happy with that. That's why I explain it like Rama. But Reb Chaim doesn't explain that. Reb Chaim seems to, and again, I can't actually fully visualize it, but it seems to be talking about some sort of weaving. I'll read your Reb Chaim and see if you can make sense of it with me. It says, Kupot mekanimum sivim. They make kanim and reeds, and sivim are the thing you're weaving it through. Like classic wicker baskets, if you like. You've got the sivim, oh, which is the leaves. That that's the, that's the word out. I wanted to use. And kanim are the sticks going up and down. So let's have a look. Safar matchil asot gedil saviv. When you start putting the wick, the, it sounds like the kanim at the bottom, at the base of the basket. That's That's exactly like putting the warp threads across the loom. That's why it makes sense. When you start attaching these sivim, because you're going to be using a lot of these leaves to start weaving around you, when you sounds like when you attach them together, well, that's going to be sewing. That's tofer. Kaf, when you start making shuhu mekofefa sasiv, when you start weaving it, then you're constructing the kli, and, he, and again, he explains here that, that this is, the, according to the Yerushalmi, there is binyan vekelim. And again, mechatech and the rest of it makes sense. So I think Rebchaim is actually more like a woven basket I think we're more familiar with, rather than this snail-like basket, like a big arthro pain, like the rambam. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> we just did that. Next. So what are these So there can be two uh, ways of people explain differently. Reb Chaim explains as follows. These nirim, if you talk about these are these loops that you put the warp threads through, if you recall. So it's either you put two threads through one or one thread through two, that would still be the malacha of Oseb Bate Nirim. So it's not just like constructing it, but also sl- simply sliding it through, that's Oseb Bate Nirim. Okay, these are the Malachas mentioned in the Mishnah. So let's look through them. The question is, what's the Kshira that was in the base of Midash? What tying was there? First understanding is meaning when they would they would tie up the curtains, right? When they were when they put the Mishkan together. So <clears throat> but we say Belosh Lashaita, but one second, that wasn't permanent. They were going to be going any moment because the Mishkan was erected and dismantled the whole time. Meaning because it wasn't, it, from their perspective, you know, it wasn't their choice, it wasn't temporary for them, it was al-piyadipur, that's what made it considered permanent. However, Rabbi Yossi doesn't unlike that at all. He says, Meaning, <clears throat> you can say that al-piyadipur mean because they couldn't decide to go, that might be considered keva, but there was a haftacha that soon enough they're going to enter Eretz Yisrael. So clearly it wasn't Keba. Okay, Kamishu Leolam. So Amra Pinchas. So where do we learn Kosher from? So the first understanding is Mitofre Yeriyot, those who sewed together the curtains. Lamdu. So what would happen? Nifsak, if the thread broke, right, they would tie it together. Chazava Nifsak, Sharim, if that thread broke again, you couldn't put another knot to fix the fix the thread because then you have multiple knots in this thread it's going to look ugly what they would do they would undo that first knot and then connect a new thread to that first join 
And that way, there'd be only one joint instead of multiple joints. So that's where that's where kosher and matter come about. Sorry. In other words, he's got the ability, a proper chayat, I read you, Reb Chaim. He says, He's got the ability to make disappear or conceal, if you like, the heads of these knots. And, and insert them within the Yuriya itself, and it won't be recognizable. Hilkach, even if you make two Ksharim, it would be okay. So he says, yes, you bought a good proof of whether he's kosher, but where's matir? Okay, so in other words, it wouldn't be, having multiple knots in a long thread for these experts wouldn't be a big deal because they've got ways of uh, hiding them. So the Gemara says, We're talking about the, those that wove the actual curtains themselves, not the ones aside that, that, that uh, sewed them together. It says, Okay? In other words, the area has to be like So Nifsak, that what happened is if the thread that they're weaving broke, they were tied together. And then once it get once that uh, the Arev the, uh, uh, it was actually woven in that get to it, they would then untie it and then then loop it in. So then it wouldn't have any knots at all. Okay? So it would be sort of the ends would be woven in together. Okay? Um, so Rav Rav Tanchumba Shemasa Filu Arev Shaba Lohayaba Lo Kesher Velo Teima. He says, but even the Arev Shti and Arev they didn't have a Kesher and not Teima. Now what Teima means is that <clears throat> when you weave, what happens is, and you come back, the thread that's next to the one uh, next to the one that was woven prior is going to be opposite to it. It won't be Teimot because previously on that warp thread it was up over it, and next time it's going to be under it. That's the nature of weaving. Okay, so if it's nifsak, it's going to end up being that they're all going to be on the same side. They'll be te'imot. So in other words, it sounds like that they wouldn't be able to have in the yiriot kosher and matir in the curtains themselves. Okay, so he doesn't like it that we learn it from the orge yiriot, but rather it must be from, it sounds like Rav Pinchas understanding mitofre yiriot. That even if they could conceal it, they wouldn't want to have multiple knots. Okay. Tanare b'sha, chotel shel tzmarim v'opetilia, Sheltmarin. These are what they used to put tamarim that weren't that weren't uh, ripe yet. They put in these like baskets that were made of woven palm leaves. But the thing is, it wasn't like a basket without an opening. It was sort of like a box, mamash, completely concealed. It was woven together. To get things out, you have to tear it. So it says korea umatir. You let it tear it apart. Eventually, you're not allowed to like tie it together again. Now it says one second, made zehatara. But one second, what about matir? What about the issue of matir? You're not allowed to kosher, but what I'm a matir, by tearing it open, aren't you then violating the, the avera of the, sorry, the malacha of, uh, matir, of, of, and uh, taking parts of the woven or, uh, um, tied, um, uh, materials. So we say no. We're talking about this is different, meaning you're allowed to break. This is, we learned this later on. It's, it's um, in Perakachav, it says, you can break a barrel to eat the, the contents inside it, which is a bit like nowadays. You're allowed to break open packaging to get the contents inside it. Now, why is that so? The reason is because it's Makalkel. Now, still, in other words, what you're doing is a distract, destructive action. Now, normally, even if something's Makalkel, it's Asur. However, Latsorach Suda Chachamim will matir it. Okay? So even though it's Asur Madarabana, normally, Latsorach Suda will matir it. So therefore, when you're tearing open this hotel shotmarim, it's like nowadays tearing open packaging in a way that you're not making a clear as well. It's fully destructive. It's not constructive. 
and therefore it, it, for food contents, therefore it's mutar. Um, I just remember my Rav talking about yeshiva, we're talking about opening chip packets. And he says you shouldn't open it at the top cleanly, if, you know, chip, uh, potato chip packets, crisp pack packets, because if you do so, you'll end up making a nice bag. So then someone says, well, how do you meant to open it then? Because if you open nicely, it's making a cleave, not destructive. So you described it almost like an act of shechita. He took a packet of chips. He says, you grab a knife, turn the chip over to, and, and to expose its underbelly and take a knife and sever it from head to toe, like down the center where there's no ketab. He sort of described it in this very uh, graphic form as if it was an animal. Okay. Then you get two kalim. No. What happens if you tear it down, if you tear it down the, the, the underbelly it's, and it's open, it's completely useless. Try, try and use it. Like mama should go down the uh, I'm not gonna show like the spine if you like whatever and anyway, let's continue. Um, I'm already going over time. Uh, Bring me ten packages of chips. I will I will uh, try okay. it out. Okay. shall diskia kosher the So diskia is like a sakshal or now despite the fact it has that, that it, would, it would be tied together with uh, with straps. You're allowed to untie them and tie them again on Shabbat. Why? Because it's no different to opening and closing a door on Shabbat. It's made to be open and closed. And therefore, when you open and close the door, it's not considered bonnet. So, so too, these straps that are on this satchel that you're tying and untying, that's not considered, you know, matir and kosher on Shabbos because it's made for that purpose. It's designed in the way. Okay. Rav Hanina Amar, Adi Chut Kol Sitra. Okay. What was that referring to? Just, let me just uh, remember. Meaning, this Exactly. Now, there's different ways to explain this. We're explaining this to Rab, Rab Chaim. This refers to Mesech the Kilaim, where if you have Begin and Pishtan together and it's sewed together, you're only Yisrael Kilaim. Now, we said that if it's sewed through once, it's not considered Tfira. It has to be go in and out, right? And then it's be sewed together. So what we're saying, what's considered one pulling through, that's Ad Yichut Kol Sitra. I mean, you, so you, if you've got a thread, you tie it at one end and you pull it all the way through. So there's nothing really exposed, nothing hanging out from the thread you and you started with, okay? And that's what's considered one sewing. So when you pull it back, really all you have exposed now is one thread where you ended, because the, where you started, it's at the knot, it's already pulled all the way through, okay? That's the assumption. So he says, But one second, the Mishnah there says that, meaning if you go in and out, both Roshim are exposed, meaning it doesn't have to be pulled all the way through. Just the ends are sticking out on the same side. So yes, it's in and out. That's that's considered sewing, but it doesn't have to be pulled all the way through. So he says, It should be pulled all the way through, then pulled back and pulled all the way through according to what you're saying to be a proper stitch. has to go in, out, in, out. That means through, back, and through again, and the two ends can be dangling. But according to what you're saying, it has to be pulled all the way through. Mount Achi Chod Bisok Vichot. Ella, what? Hachen Hachen. Meaning, Ella Korchach, it doesn't have to be pulled all the way through, even if it's just in and back out again, and the two ends are dangling, that's considered a Tfira. Okay, we'll stop here. Colton, have a good day.